that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the totes.co.uk for this national hunt season. It's myself, Dean Ryan, in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk and Dermot um, Nolan is here. Hello, Dino. How are you? Fresh from, we we nearly took the play spot. Like, well, uh, not quite, but we weren't yeah. that far away either, were we? Do you know what? It was our intelligence that caught us out, Dermo. And if that catches you out all the time, eventually you'll get <laughs> I don't think intelligence... Yeah. Has ever caught us out before, so I'll uh, I'll take that. <laughs> Coming up on the tote corner, actually, I talked to Jamie Benson about where we went wrong. So uh, you'll catch that later on in the show. But we'll have another go this week, Dan. I don't worry. Yeah, of course, we'll of course, we'll, yeah. yeah, indeed. Uh, Paddy Aspel's back. Paddy, how are we doing, boys? Very good. Great to have you back on. Um, you know, more fleetingly this season than before, I think, Paddy. But we'll uh, we'll hopefully get the the pleasure of your company a few more times as we roll through this National Hunt season, which is fully fledged and underway and bubbling along nicely, which will have pleased our other guest on the panel this uh, for this episode, Don McLean. Yeah, hi, Dean. Yeah, it's all, it's great, isn't it? Um, we spoke before mm. about these weeks, these six weekends running up to Christmas and ah, they, they haven't disappointed thus far with the exception, nope. well, one or two little exceptions in terms of field sizes, but now it's been, it's been brilliant so far, the National Hunt season. Yeah, absolutely. The golden highway, I think, as we called it before, mm. all the way up to Christmas and then and then beyond. But um, yeah, field size has been a bit down and because there's some ground issues, isn't there? The water table, as I keep being told, is the issue. But, um, you know, a little bit more bravery, perhaps we'll find out again this weekend uh, where those chips will land and what will go on uh, to the, for the first part of the show this week. Have a quick chat about a few different issues, maybe a couple of horses that caught our eyes well over the weekend. Not a long review, that is for sure. Second part, we're going to do a quick catch up as Paddy and Don are on the line with us today. We're going to do a quick catch up on the champion hurdle and, of course, discuss that performance from Constitution Hill. And we'll also talk about the Gold Cup as well. After an informative few weeks, where do we sit? And of course, you'll get the tote corner with me and Jamie Benson. And then after that, we'll have a look at the cracking weekend action from Aintree Sandown. And what a card we might have at Fairy House on, well, obviously Saturday and Sunday, but that Sunday card is something to drool over. Okay, let's get going. Uh, Demo, I think you had a horse you wanted to pick out from the weekend that maybe isn't on everyone's radar yet. If not, it should be, probably. Yeah, I put him up on the podcast a few weeks ago when he beat uh, Lot of Joy at Cork. Uh, was was second favourite that day, and the favourite was quite well back that day. That's a Lot of Joy, the, the Swedish horse, who's ran some big yep. racing handicaps. And um, I know the way you're thinking won, won well that day, and I was really taken by him um, at the weekend at Gorham Park. I mean... He beat Imagine and Spanish Harlem. Both of them were very strong in the market. Um, and what I loved about the performance was that Imagine kicked after the second last. And Mark Walsh was confident enough to kind of just let I know the way you're thinking, find his feet, figuring himself out. He's only four years old, so he, he really is learning. But I was just really taken, Dean, by the way that he got that horse back at the last hurdle and went on again. He's a horse that will definitely go further. He's a walk in the park. He, he He's just a beautiful horse and he's a real, real big horse as well. So like I think the the two like I was thinking to Supreme after Cork, but I'd say he's more a Ballymore or maybe even an Albert Bartlett horse kind of long term towards those those kind of divisions. But just afterwards when Gavin Cromwell was talking about him, he just wasn't saying a whole pile. And I like that, you know, he he was just kind of 
he's a nice horse he's a nice horse he kind of wasn't going into it a whole pile you can see they think that they have something quite good there I love the way that Mark Walsh never panicked at all like Mark Walsh is really riding at the top of his power as well um he's had a few absolutely perler perler rides the last few weeks um but he he really is at the top of his power but this horse just to have that confidence to let imagine kick like that and then come back to him and the horse in third there Spanish Harlem like that's a winner from France. Uh, that's a horse that um, is highly thought of down there, is what Brian Hayes said. Um, that, that horse mm. should improve an awful lot because Gayard de Mayneil was beaten in this same maiden. So he could be one to keep an eye on uh, for the handicaps over to, towards the latter part of the season. But I think that was a very good maiden. And I think I know the way you're thinking is very, very good, Dave. Yeah. Um, yeah, it might be a good few um, to come out of that race and... Uh, and turn up into something. I don't get many messages from you on WhatsApp, Dermo, surprised about prices, about horses. And there was one, and uh, when I justified it. And as you said, Mark Walsh, with his patience and I think his belief in the horse, uh, good things to come, you would imagine. Uh, a couple of them caught my eye, of course, at Newbury at the weekend. Um, Petit on Air Dermo was in our ill-fated play spot line. I thought that ran an absolute stalking race. Bumped into to, something um, freakish, didn't it? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah what's yeah, happened there? Yeah. Paul Nichols having a 25-1 to 1 or a rag winner with Cobden on board that I don't think anyone expected. Uh, a lot of shaking heads there. Petit on Air is one to... Um, is one to stay with. That was off top weight in a, in a good handicap, I think, and uh, keeping on that. And now I wanted to ask them, um, Don and Paddy about this. Uh, Time Hill took on McFabulous in a, in a three-runner race. McFabulous was outstanding. I did not expect what I saw. I thought Time Hill would have enough to, um, to repel McFabulous, but it wasn't even a question of them getting into a battle. One horse was way, way better. Uh, Don, I might ask you first, that horse has improved something for a fence, hasn't it? He has, Dean. Yeah, it looks that way all right. Um, look, he was a good hurdler, threatened to probably be a wee bit better than he turned out to be in the end over hurdles, but um, he, he did have a bit of a stop-start time of it. But um, And then when he was pulled up on his first run over fences back when Kenton in the, the Rising Stars chase, that was worrying, but Harry Cotton yeah. just looked after him. He seemed to, I don't know, he seemed to lose his, lose his action or lose his rhythm or something. But Something went wrong, yeah. but here we are. Yeah, here we are. He was impressed by Dexter. And then, yeah, I, I think... Um, there's probably a little bit of time hill underperforming as well in it. Like he he really didn't jump well. Um, he's not a chaser, probably Don. Is he? he doesn't he's not a chaser. chaser. He's, yeah, a, he's yeah. an eight year old. He's a late recruit to fences, and I I just feel you always have to tread warily with horses who are that late going chasing. Like mm-hmm. as Danish rider, I think Danish rider is still the last nine year old to win an Arco. So you know, and Rock and Ruby wasn't great either when he went over late, and yeah, Rock and yeah. Ruby, yeah, and like. You know, and, and maybe, I, I don't know if, if, if there are stats to back it up, but when horses, just from myself, just anecdotally, I know when horses spend a couple of seasons over hurdles and then they go over fences, maybe, I don't know, like, of course, there's a different, Paddy no way more about this than I will, but there's a different technique to jumping fences versus jumping hurdles. And in order to be fast and, and fluid over them, in order to be a grade one contender, and Time Hill, he just seemed to lose it and he lost his confidence as well. So, look, McFabulous was very good. And he couldn't have done much more than he did. But Time Hill, I think he, he probably underperformed, didn't jump very well. So I think we have to maybe dilute the visual performance or, or the kind of visual impression that McFabulous left. That said, he's he's a, he's an exciting horse. Um, just be a wee bit worried about him in terms of Cheltenham. He's, he doesn't seem to be at his best at Cheltenham. And as we know, Paul Nichols, he's never reversed aside stepping Cheltenham and gone on to entry instead. But I think the Cardiff Star chase to Feltham is where he's going to go next. So that's going to be exciting to see him there. Absolutely, yeah, I'd be looking forward to him. I, I'd agree that Time Hill has obviously underperformed a little bit, but maybe performed as well as he can over fences, and that's like still, it's still a very impressive victory over him and to put him to bed like that. 
I was super impressed. I was delighted for the Hobbs and um, and Tomasa Bryan team that you know Zanza went and dotted up in that handicap afterwards. Them, I just thought I had to get that in there. Yeah, Dean. To be fair, you, you do deserve yeah. that. You <laughs> stuck with Zanza longer than than. <laughs> Most people stick with marriages, so yeah, fair play to you. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Paddy, anything for, for, for you from the weekend? You want to pick up on any of those performances or anything else? I thought the mayor of Nikki's in the race prior to my fabulous Lucia was very good, lads, wasn't she? Very good. Very good, yeah. Because, you know, listen to what Nikki said. She'd obviously had a, a fair old training setback, hadn't she, along the way? And, you know, if you watch this race here, Harry Skelton, he thought there's only one way... I can win this race and that's to get Lucia on the stretch jumping wise behind me because, you know, she was pitched in pretty deep at the first time of asking over hurdles in a listed race and he set out and he's got a real good gallop. I mean, the mayor back in third, Poetic Music, she's won her novice and another one who came out of the Fasa Vega bumper and that's a bumper that's working out incredibly well and Lucia's kicked both of these out of the way. Um, mm. I thought that was very, very taken. Just hope the wheels stay on her. But I thought first day at school doing this job, it was very, very good. Was was very impressive. It was one of those performances where you go, oh, there's one, and you know, uh, you know what you're looking at after that. I thought it was very, very good indeed. Don, anything you want to pick out from the the weekend that caught your eye that we haven't mentioned? Um, uh, not. Yeah, I've got a few horses to follow. I suppose my immortal would probably be top of my horses to follow this. Um, mm. In the like, he, he finished second behind. She wears it well in the handicap, the perchance qualifier at points stand. I thought um, that he like he he he's one of those horses who he's, he's lightly raced. It was a race on on well, not maybe unusually, but at points stand, it does tend to favour prominent racers. And but he, he this wasn't a race that favoured prominent racers. I think something like five of the first six home were all held up and she wears it well. It came from, I think she was second last going over the third last flight. It was some ride by Paul Townend to get her up in the line. But Maya Martin, I thought he ran really well for a long way, a horse who travelled up in the van from a long way out. And he's a likely race horse as well. He could be one just to keep in mind for another good three-mile handicap hurdle, maybe the Pretemps qualifier at, at, at Leperstown over Christmas where Barry Connell, his trainer yeah. and owner, does like to have winners, or maybe oh, yeah. the, the three-mile handicap hurdle back at the Dublin Racing Festival, and he could be a Pretemps final horse as well at Cheltenham, so I just think he's one worth following, I think he's ahead of the handicap. Into the book it goes. Um, and of course, you can read Don McLean's Horses to Follow on bookmakers.co.uk. We don't say that often enough on here. Plenty of winners in there. Uh, over recent weeks, of course, and more to come as the national season kicks into gear. Um, do we want to talk about this this whip review, Paddy? I, I think I need explaining. It, it needs explaining to me because the way I read it is that you can still you can still break the rules to get one over the line and collect the bets, but you probably know when that's happened that in you know, three or four days or in the following week you're going to lose the race, and the the ones in second can celebrate on the day. Effectively, I was very confused. Yeah, I think it's I think it's totally back to front, and I mean, you know, the timing that they're bringing in these new whip rules as well. You know, there's all sorts of issues further down the line here. You know, to be honest, but this for me is really, really back to front and it's going to cause absolute carnage because you know if we're all lucky enough that we're able to count uh, up to 8 and it, obviously if it goes over 12 <laughs> uh, you, you're looking you're looking at disqualification so if you've got yeah. connections stood on the podium receiving their trophy knowing well that next week the fellow who's finished second you're going to pass the trophy on to him but yet if you've backed the second you're not going to get paid out 
on the day. Honestly, lads, I, I just couldn't. Once I've looked into it and got my head round it, I, I, yeah. I honestly wasn't sure who came up with this idea because it's going to cause uh, the, the only word I, I, I can use is is carnage because it's like yeah. it's like do you know what it is it's like the var of racing <laughs> it is it, it totally is that because can you celebrate can the second can the, can the connections of the second celebrate knowing they've counted the right number one replay will probably tell you whether they have or haven't and is that are we going to get a situation where say lydia hislop in the in the prey ring or don who might be there has to then, you know, talk to the connection of the second and go, you probably get this next week. I mean, isn't that weird? Yeah, no, it's it's um it's it's a bit crazy, really. And for for all for a whole lot of different reasons. I mean, like there's that, there's like <sighs> whip rules. So if you, so I've I've always struggled with whip rules because if the rule is there, you can't whatever whatever the rule is and you know they brought it in before before ascot and christoph Zunion, like that was just crazy the timing of that one but anyway um, and if you break the rules and win the race and keep the race like i've always struggled with that and i think like patty's right to 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 win the race for betting purposes and and lose it then in the record books and prize money like that's I, you can see why they did it because you don't you I, I they did it because you don't want a horse to be disqualified for the whip rule on the day Yes. But then, but the, like, I guess maybe you need to think through the implications of knowing or presuming you're going to lose the race later. And then people, so so owners of the second, they're going to go, they're going to go grand, we're going to get the money. But people who back the second then, like, they're, they're, as Panic said, Carnage, they're, they're, they're aggrieved because they've backed the second, but they know that he's going to get it when the stewards meet and determine that the winner broke the rules. So then people who backed the second, well, why don't we get it now? Because we know the winner broke the rules. And I think we need to rewind and, and go more fundamental in this. I mean, where are we going with the whip? Like all these new rules um, placating people who aren't really involved in the sport. That's it. And and, and you're kind of turning turning yourself in nuts trying to placate people. And then every time there's a concession, it's not like that's it. It's, you know, what? okay, now push forward, get the next concession. So I think... I think racing generally needs to be more confident in yes, 100%. in what they're doing and just stand up and go, this is the way it is. Because you're placating people, Don, who don't like and are never going to like the sport. Mm. We're, like, we're spending way too long in racing without any confidence in ourselves. Um, as Don said, they're placating people, but placating people who, who will never like the sport. Like, like, we're, we're, like it's almost needy what horse racing is. Is trying to do at the moment, like you're right, Demo. They're not gonna, they're, we're not gonna bring another million fans. No, to the we're sport not taking like, a whip out of it. It's not gonna happen. Horse racing needs to go back to the drawing board, define what it is now. Either like, either stick with the whip in its entirety and say that's what we are. We are horse racing, like us or lump us, or give up the whip and just let the horse. Uh, let the sport kind of, you know, uh, slowly die away. Like we need a bit of strength now. Horse racing isn't going to be something. It's not a sport anymore. That's 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 back page or front page stuff. Apart from the big big weekends, and we need to run ourselves accordingly. Like like like, do you think cricket are tying themselves a knot about trying to get rid of the phrase Duckworth Lewis or whatever? Like horse racing needs to stop trying to appeal so much to the masses all the time and just be what we are. We're a magical sport with a magical product, and the whip falls into that um and really more effort should be put into educating people that you know the whip isn't this big devil of a thing that it it, it is it 
It's more for sound. It's more for sight or whatever else. And it's actually there to pr- to protect jockeys half the time because you know an errant horse. So yeah, no horse racing really needs to uh, sort itself out. Yeah, I, I think fun, fundamentally, like so, the the big issue here is: is it an animal an animal welfare issue or is it not? And I think it's accepted that it's not an animal welfare issue. I think you know mm-hmm. the way the whip has been, the, the way the whip is constructed now. It's it's not an animal welfare issue. So what is it then? It's for aesthetics. It's for how it looks. How jockeys be seen to be acting in a certain way, and that's just wrong. Like if if it's not an animal welfare issue, if we were if we we're agreed that horses, you know, they get the care and attention that they that they get because yeah. they're elite athletes, and the whip, you know, cushioned or pro for whatever it's called, um, that it's not a, it's not a welfare issue. Then we just need to be confident and 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 and, and have it as it is. But we've gone down a terrible road here, haven't we? And it started in not just with this review. It started with, you know, this that magic numbers one. I remember writing a blog about this. I don't know. It must be four or five years ago when the numbers came in and uh, and how like this was a magic number. But how can you decide what the number is if the whip doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt? And it's just a very strange situation we, we find ourselves in. And you just cannot continue that way. Um, fair play for for talking about it on here, but I don't think we're going to solve it. And unless they start going down the education route, which is like, look, here's a whip. You hit yourself with it and find out what it does. Um, I think everyone is, uh, we're, we're in a dark place, but that's where it is. And when they bring it in, uh, as Paddy said, uh, carnage is likely to ensue. Well, um, uh, do, yeah. do you know, do, do you know yeah. probably further down the line, the more worrying thing here is because the likes of what happened the other day, if Harry Skelton had got one more over, Harry Skelton has got a rock solid job there. He's riding for his brother. They're a partnership. If you've got guys who, you know, we could see jockeys losing their jobs over stuff like this because if a horse gets thrown out, the owner's going to be disappointed. He'll blame the jockey. Trainer's got to sack the jockey because the owner might possibly take the horse away. Honestly, it's it's such a knock-on thing. But even further down the line, when you get your midweek, class fives, class sixes, jockeys who aren't on the money that that other lads are on, if the owner says, look, today's the day, this horse is going to win, has to win. You know, these jockeys on the day, if if bookmakers are going to pay out before horses get chucked out after the review panel, jockeys yep. jockeys are going to bite the bullet and take their medicine. Mm. Yeah, it's a dangerous situation for sure. Um, and yeah, there is no, I mean, how, how did the consulta- consultation process come out with something that everyone finds so hard to understand? Um, you have to wonder where, you know, there is some serious faults in that. Uh, and it probably goes back to the very basics that uh, if this isn't a welfare issue, what are we doing it for? Um, and that's kind of where I'd let this lie. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break here. When we come back on the race out, we're going to uh, dive into a bit of the champion hurdle and the gold cup and talk about that horse that everyone is talking about, Constitution Hill. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to the Race Hour. This week, of course, it's myself, Dean Ryan, Don McLean, Paddy Aspel and Dermot Nolan. Uh, part two of this week's podcast brought to you with the tote.co.uk. We have a quick Cheltenham Festival chat because we cannot ignore uh, the monster uh, that is Constitution Hill and what that has done 
to the champion hurdle market. Don, I'm going to kick off with you because when you were on the kind of pre-season ramble here with us on the race hour, uh, we, were, we were looking at the current betting for the champion hurdle. And I think all of us, including Demo and myself, were in agreement that Honeysuckle looked outstanding value at four to one. It's still four to one, uh, but the market's changed a little bit for the top one because Constitution Hill came out and did something that um, you know, some people are saying has never been done before. It's not true, but uh, it was it was a sparkling performance in the fight in fifth. Oh yeah, no, it was great. He was great, really. And I suppose we saw another dimension to him because yep. he was happy to go out in front. And, you know, beforehand, not so sleepy doesn't make the running all the time these days. So we weren't sure where the pace was going to come from. But Nico de Bonville just kicked him out of the gate and he was two lengths clear by the time he got to the first. And he just kept on going. I mean, a few things impressed. His Visually, it looked brilliant. Um, his jumping was unbelievable. Like for a horse, he's only mm. having his, his fourth run over hurdles. It was some performance. He, he didn't miss a beat and he seemed to really enjoy it. He attacked his hurdles. He seemed to meet every single one in his strength there were nine hurdles in the fight in fifth and he met every single one in his stride he came away from Epitant who's a champion hurdle winner herself and she'd won the pre- previous two renewals of the fighting fifth that surely was her target and he clocked a time that was there were two other races run over the course and distance on the day he was eight seconds more than eight seconds faster than one of them and more than 15 seconds faster than the other <laughs> and he was eased that until his home so look I mean you have to love what he did and ah look he's so exciting but you know people saying he's the best hurdler they've ever seen that's I, I think that's bananas really because he's run four times like if he if he never ran another race at the moment is he the best hurdler is he better than Hurricane Fly is he better than Istabrak? Is he better than Monksfield? And you know, it's it's uh, no, nowhere near. He isn't, no. Yes, now he has the potential to do all that. You have but, to put could be the best. See, that's it, and, and, and you have to put that. When people go best best hurdle they've ever seen, like that's you know, so a supreme novice is in a fighting fifth hurdle. That's not the best hurdle you've ever seen, regardless of how he did it. It's the longevity, and that's what Honeysuckle comes into. Like she's won sixteen times, won two champion hurdles. Um, yeah. Three Hatton's Grace hurdles, going for a fourth. No horse has ever won four Hatton's Grace hurdles. And she has it all, done it. She's done it all. She's never been beaten. And, you know, as I've always said to you on here, until a horse gets beaten, you don't know how good that horse is. And she's never been beaten. And, okay, she only beat Epitaph by three and a half lengths in the champion hurdle, and, and Constitution Hill beat her by 12 lengths. But that's probably not as fast as Honeysuckle could have gone. She probably could have gone yeah. faster if she'd been pushed for And that's just that's just her makeup. Like Constitution Hill seems to be a horse who goes and does it all without the competition, loves going and, and you know, going put, putting it all in. Honeysuckle seems to be a mare, especially as she's got a wee bit older, who just does as much as she needs to do. And to up until now, that's been good enough to win every single race he's ever contested. Everything. Yeah. yeah exactly. I, yeah, I think I think we still still look forward to the clash. We have to. We have to look forward to it. And, it, you know, God willing and everyone's staying fit and healthy and everything's going to happen. We will see, of course, Honeysuckle uh, this weekend and the usual comeback in Hatton's Grace. Uh, Paddy, I mean, Constitution Hill looks the real deal, but it's not It's not done yet. You can't, you know, four to seven about a champion hurdle that's in March for a horse that's only gone and done it once in open company. You've got to be brave to be getting involved in that, I think, still. I think so. Um, I suppose because he was so good at the weekend, it's just given us a bit of value about the mare, really, isn't it? <laughs> you know. Well, the, you know what, the bookies, I felt I felt a bit, you know, I thought, oh, they'll go honeysuckle, 11 or 2 now, give us something to, to have a look at, but they didn't. Mm. But, you know, the thing I say about honeysuckle is these two horses will be terrific for each other because... She, I've always said, lads, haven't I, that she does the bare minimum. You know, she's a few yeah. weeks off 
her ninth birthday. And we've got to appreciate every single minute of her now because this is going to be obviously her last year. And But even we've heard Nicky speak about, he, he's been on the phone to Barry Gerdy, hasn't he, when he first got hold of this horse. You're just hopeless in the mornings. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just get the impression that they're both very similar. Obviously, visually, he's been more impressive on the track. And them numbers are hard to get away from. I think w- when Jamie Lynch broke it down on, on Monday morning at the races there, 0.8 of a yeah. second, wasn't it, behind yeah. uh, Flightline's time uh, from the, the four down to the two. I mean that 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 is just quick. It, that, that that when I heard that, I honestly laughed because I thought, it, <laughs> you know, it, it, that's incredible, it really is. And like Don said, he's doing that without even being challenged, which mm. would frighten you a little bit. Um, but obviously, yeah, look, Honeysuckle has got the t-shirts. She's been there and done it many a <laughs> time. And um, it, my heart, I'd hate to see her get beat, and I hope she isn't because the thing is. You know, Nicky's horse has got time on his side. Um, but, yeah, really looking forward to it. And I certainly wouldn't be weighing in with Seven Barrows just yet because Honeysuckle, she's still got the um, got the crown, isn't she? Yes, she does and deserves it. And uh, until that's not the case, you know, we'll continue to, to support the mayor on here. Uh, well, of course we will, Dama. Yeah, I mean, I got eaten alive. On Twitter on Saturday, um, and that's unlike you. All I said was, I, I I quoted Matt Chapman, who said that he was the, this was the greatest hurdler in the modern era, and all I yeah. all I said, <laughs> I, I put that in quotes, and all I said was, Jesus Christ Almighty, he's a truly exceptional horse, but Epiton dead heated in this race last year with not so sleepy, and all my point is, is that was he was brilliant. My dear God, was he outstanding? I think she has it all to do probably to beat him, but mm. after the race. Like, I know the UK is never quite warm to her. You know, they weren't there at Leperstown that day, Dean, when we were, when everyone clapped her on the way down to the start. You know, I don't think they realise how how adored she is in Ireland. The UK has never quite taken to her the same way we have, and that's understandable enough. Um, But it's this immediate writing off of Honeysuckle. It's a bit of a hipster thing anyway. They love writing off horses. Like when El Indo was rode off last season, that he was done, he finished second in a goal cup afterwards but the difference there is that she hasn't had anyone down ever yet you know she's had a few runs where maybe she wasn't at her very best but like constitution hill is more than likely the champion hurdle winner and there's no big statement in that but i just i really hate the fact that honeysuckle is just being completely rode off and it's as if she's been beating 112 rated handicappers the last few seasons you know she's she's beaten <laughs> the same horses and as paddy was saying all of last season she's getting smarter in her older age and she's winning races by just what she has since she's finishing up um, my heart to hearts, sorry, my brain is telling me that Constitution Hill, he wins that race. But Honeysuckle, we know a lot more about her. We don't know yet, Dean, what Constitution Hill's like if he happens to get in a battle. You know, like Honeysuckle can stick with him. We don't know what he's like now. We don't know if he really belts one what happens because he's been flawless so far. Um, yeah. Reasonably, he he's something very special, but I couldn't agree more with Don. I find this talk that He's the greatest ever, just absolutely silly and stupid. Um, he is an unbelievable racehorse, and he, he he could well be the best we've ever seen. But he's a good bit to do yet before he's Istabrak or, or even Hurricane Fly, really. See, you cannot even say it for about two or three more seasons, I don't think. Has to go and just... Yeah, Ruby Walsh always says it, that the best do horse... Do it. Ruby always says that the best horse is a sound horse. And yep. like Willie Mullins always said that the best horse he's ever trained uh, on ability was Duvan. But at the end of the day, in 10 years time, no one can possibly say that. You know, Duvan unfortunately never got to reach the pinnacle of what maybe he could have. So Hurricane Fly is. And whilst Hurricane Fly, he says probably, or 
Faheen or whoever, but those horses managed to stay the distance. That's what makes it a truly great horse. Sprinter Sacra is down as a truly great horse because, you know, he came back from a, a heart problem to come back and win. Like, that's what makes yeah. a great horse, really, them kind of overcoming obstacles and everything else, or flawlessly just swatting everyone aside for season after season, like Frankel or something. But he's sure. he's not there yet. He just most certainly is not. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, we'll see, we'll see, honey. Probably only do the minimum at the weekend yeah, yeah. And, uh, get, and get crib for it. You know, no, there you go. There's nothing like I can't wait for Henry's interview after. He always gets a bit stingy about her. I remember last year he went for Matt Chapman. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope someone he likes, like Don or somebody's on uh, on Raising TV. But, the, um, yeah. but yeah, no, it, like, it'll be brilliant. And look, she she just does, not that she's reading Twitter. I don't care about that really. But she just, she deserves a little bit more respect in her name than, than she's currently getting. She'll never not get that on this podcast. 100%. Anyway. That's a fact. 100%. That's a, that is a fact. Okay, a uh, very quick look now at the at the Gold Cup picture because we, we do like to talk about that when, when Don is on. Of course, Paddy is back as well. Um, Paddy, I might start with you. Um, there's been a few, you know, there's been a few races now that have affected the picture somewhat. Um, Protector out, of course, being very good. Aplutar letting down uh, the, the lines. Lompress going and, and winning a rehearsal chase. And we've still got... Um, GDC galloping the stumps at the at the top of the market, Paddy. What are you making of it so far? Well, I mean, it was great to see Lompress again at the weekend. He gave us a, one little scare on the way around, didn't he? But listen to Charlie Deutsch afterwards. He would never really uh, appeared to have a moment's worry, and he got a very considerate ride. I know the winning margin wasn't very far, but you know it, when you watch, he never actually put the stick down this horse on at the weekend and carrying plenty of weight and on his return i just thought it was the perfect comeback ride and he's a horse who's open to massive massive potential i just think he's very he's very classy he may be the way he goes through a race he mightn't suit what everybody likes or suit everybody's eye Um, but I, i think he's got an awful lot of ability and what he done at the weekend that takes a fair bit of doing because i can tell you from experience lads the rehearsal is a grueling grueling race uh, obviously, it, it would run on ground that we don't normally associate with the rehearsal at Newcastle at this time of the year. But, you know, to give a horse who's rapidly improving, a Mark Walford's £26 and win without having to have the stick down him, you know, it's a very, very classy horse and real good, real good comeback for Venetia yeah. Stable Star. It was. You know, David Mullins, who's on um, Festival Focus with Tom Lee on bookmakers.com, was just questioning whether that was the the right route to go with a gold cup horse why are you sending it off for a, for a slog around newcastle against inferior horses when there are plenty other options to go for he didn't think an irish trainer would do that paddy will you be concerned that they went there not really um because okay. no matter where he's gonna go um at the minute wh- where's he gonna get a slug because we we've not we've not got winter ground anywhere sure sure you know yeah. i would imagine that they thought they had more than enough class to give all that weight away. And I'll be honest, maybe as far as rehearsals goes, it wasn't as deep as what it tends to be, simply because, sure. you know, your your, your re- normal rehearsal horse conditions just weren't ideal. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I take my hat off to Mark Walford for having a dig at the race, a horse who was, who was in a real good place. And he was the one who served it up to him a little bit. Yep. Um, but no, I, I don't mind connections dipping in. If they're prepared to carry 12 stone, you know, it's hard to knock them. Hey, I want to see more of it. I think it's great. You put a real class one in and they've got to go and do it against the weights. I think it's, it's something that racing doesn't see often enough. Although 
in recent times, we've been talking about, about a few big handicap performances and Paul Nichols has, has been you know, famous for having a stab at it with his good horses and he's done it a couple of times as well. It was an interesting uh, return to the trap, Don, from Long Press. Yeah, it was. Look, I, I, I thought he was kind of underrated and then I saw that he was second favourite for the Gold Cup afterwards. So yeah, not anymore. Underrated, but, <laughs> but yeah. he's, he's a very good horse. Like he won the or the brand advisory chase last year. Now, you know, you can argue it wasn't the best brand advisory chase, maybe, and a couple of his rivals underperformed, maybe, and he had his ground. But he didn't have his ground at Newcastle. It was good to soft only. So mm. he did well to win as well as he did, carrying all that weight. And, you know, the horse that he beat in the third place, happy go lucky Kim Bailey's horse. Like, I know he was having his first run back after a break, but he tried to match him and then he faded out of it. So, look, it's, it's a it's a long way in terms of class between there and, and back to a grade one or back to a gold cup. But, no, like, he's won six of his seven chases. He's only been beaten yeah. once that time at entry when he underperformed. So, no, I, I, I definitely have a lot of time for long press. Or L'Empresse, I think is his name, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it's, 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 that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really interesting goal called picture because like, normally at this stage in the season, I'd have at least one and possibly two or three bets in the Gold Cup, but I have none so far. Um, like, yeah. I'll be are disappointing, and we haven't seen Alaho yet. Galloping the Champ, just, you know, Willie's saying there the other day that he's gonna he's on track for the John Durkin, which is great. Um you have to put Protectorat into it as well. Like, he ran very well in the race last year as a seven-year-old. He's going to be a year old. Yeah. He won really well at Haydock the last day. I know Aplitar underperformed, but he still beat a good yardstick in El Dorado Allen and beat him, you know, pretty convincingly. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a fascinating picture. I'm waiting for Capadano to come out. He was kind of my horse at the start of the season. I had him in mind for the, what do we call it, the Coral Gold Cup, but he never made That's it. The one. Yep. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to seeing him coming out. I don't, think maybe he's a gold cup horse. I think he's he was more a kind of a flat track staying chaser rather than a Cheltenham horse. But I just thought at Cheltenham last year it wasn't really conclusive. They rode him in behind. He didn't jump well, whereas at Punches End they rode him forward and he was very, very good. And he beat Lifetime Ambition, who ran such a big race there on Sunday in the Troyton yeah. and beat him well. So I'm looking forward to seeing him coming out again, but we haven't seen him yet, so remains to be seen where he's gonna go. Mm. There's plenty more movers and shakers to come from this. I mean, you say you haven't had a bet yet, Don, but the, the 10 to 1 about Aplutar, if you just go and watch last year's Gold Cup again, that 10 to 1 looks massive to me. Yeah, it, it does now. Yeah, like he was given, he was favourite um, before the Haydock race. So, like, that's a, it's an overreaction. It, it obviously wasn't his running. So, um, yeah, you have to allow him that. And, yeah, no, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a massive horse. He's had, what, he's run, he's, he's won. He's run four times at Cheltenham, hasn't he? He won the Close Brothers Chase. He won the yep. Gold Cup. Obviously, finished second in the Gold Cup, which was a real shame. And he finished. It was the 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 Champ race, no, that went the wrong way around, I think. But that was it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was. Um, yeah, no, oh, no was, I'm wrong. Now, that right? was Malin. No, that's yeah. Alaho. Oh, of course, he, of course. He ran in the he ran in the Ryanair Chase when he 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 was sent off favour for that race, and yeah, I was with him then again. He um he just yeah. For whatever reason, he just didn't seem to run his race. And, yeah, who knew he needed three and a quarter miles to be seen at his best? <laughs> yeah, eventually they did. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you can get them back after one poor performance. I think if, oh, if, yeah. if Applegard runs anything like a normal race next time up, um, it'd be back in the second favourite for this contest, at least until we see Galloping the Champs. Demo, have you put anything in the book yet? Uh, yeah, Statler's the only one small bit in Statler. It's, yeah. Uh, a 20 to 1, I think it's a fierce open gold cup. But yeah, Lom Presse, as uh, Don has just educated mm-hmm. me there, is uh, he's very, very interesting. And, you know, he's the kind of horse that'll probably go off around a similar price because he's from from Venetia. If uh, 
if Galapandish Deschamps comes out and wins two races on the way there, he'll be short enough. Uh, it's a very, very interesting race. Definitely A Plutard. He can come back because uh, or A plus tired, sorry, as uh, as Mikey uh, christened him. Um yeah. he like it's Henry is previous with this. He's very good at getting horses back, you know, like Indo last season looked finished and then literally came roaring back in that gold cup. So he's definitely probably a big price, but I just think it's a really open gold cup. I can't have protector at myself. Um mm. I, I really like the horse, but I, I, I I'm not convinced he's a complete Cheltenham, like I know he's he's ran well there in the past, but Paddy Power Gold Cup and other races like that are a, a big handicap. So I'm just not sure he's crazy about the place, 100. Um, so yeah, no, I I like Statler. I completely did a U-turn on him. I nearly hated him last season, but uh, at uh, <laughs> at 20 to one, Dean, yeah, that's that's where I'm leaning at this juncture anyway. That was your just kind of like natural zone of disagreeing with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be fair, yeah, yeah. Which is totally fine. Like you can come around. Normally I'm wrong, so you're in the right place. <laughs> um, I, I did put Brave Man's Game in my Gold Cup book um, at the back end of last season for this season. But, you know, who knows what Paul Nichols would do, of course, King George in the way of that first. But if it wins there, it'll have to go. I still think the Gold Cup picture is, is absolutely fascinating and so many cards to be played. Um, more, um, more information to come to the eyes and the form but can't wait um, we're going to take a quick break here um, you will hear from myself and Jamie Benson of the Totes with Tote Corner after this and then when we come back we'll have a look at the weekend preview of course with Aintree Sandown and a stellar uh, Sunday at Fairy House Tote Corner each week on the race hour keeping you up to date ahead of the weekend jumps racing check out the Tote today and get involved Welcome back to the race. I'm delighted to say we're in Tote Corner territory. Joining me from the Tote.co.uk is Jamie Benson. Jamie, how are you? Hi, how are you doing? I'm grand, thanks. How are you going? Oh, all good, all good. Looking forward to another big weekend um, of racing. Um, do you know what? Like myself and Demo had a go at the, the 250k play spot guarantee there on Saturday. And we did a podcast for it on Friday night. And uh, I was kind of educating Demo as we went through it. Like, oh, you don't want to do that. You want to do this. You want to do this. You don't want to do that. And uh, yeah. My intelligence, I think, cost us a pot, to be honest, because we got we got a bit brave. We actually went out in the first race because I fancied Rosie Red Rum, who would definitely have been placed had, had it not fallen, yeah, uh, coming to one or two out and was absolutely cantering. But there was an obvious horse you could put in there, which was Luckier or Lucia or however Hendo wants to name that. It looks a very smart animal. And then we, did, we wouldn't have got through the Hennessy leg either, but we got all the tricky ones. So I was just... I was fuming, really. We're going to do better this weekend. Oh, jeez, it's, it's the worst thing with the place for is, uh, is, is you look back and you go, oh, God, that was so gettable. Very um. gettable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Petit Tonnerre, I was such a big fan and it ran such a huge race and got beat by one that I think Nichols forgot he'd even entered and then it went and won at 25 to 1. So, yeah, yeah these, these things are sent to catch you out. But, yeah, so we're going to have another go this weekend. The big uh, 250k guarantee this weekend is at Sandown. Of course, it's Tingle Creek weekend, right? Yeah, spot on. Uh, so all across the, that Sandown card, you know, obviously you've got the, the Henry VIII and all the chase and, uh, yeah. and the, the London National and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, top, it's a top weekend's racing and, um, yeah, pl- plenty to get stuck into there. It normally plays pre- p- pays pretty big. Uh, that sound yeah. card, uh, especially if we, if we, if we can get uh, John Bon or uh, or probably Greenerty or Shish getting turned over. I mean, you say that Shish exactly, is probably yeah. not well, going to turn we, up, though. But. 
Oh, we don't know. We don't know. I saw Nico de Boinville there on the telly earlier on saying that, you know, everyone will be crying. And, yeah, yeah geez, so let me go to the journals. I love it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. The ones that make him. Anyway, no, we won't go there. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, fingers crossed because the Tingle Creek with, you know, Grenatine and, and Shiskin in, and uh, I think there's a few other decent uh, gentlemen to me and things like that. Maybe, I don't know. Um, at the minute, there's seven standing their ground. You never know. Um, we, we just hold our, we, you know, hold our breath. Yeah. But the target's on your back this weekend, Jamie, because your beat Benson's on, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got, we got another uh, type tournament on. So it's it's called the Tingle Creek Tournament, but it's all the racing at Sandown. It's all the racing at the way meetings as well. So basically any, any, yep. any racing on the Saturday count towards the tournament. And yeah, basically effectively, you, all you do is you opt in on the website uh, and then your P&L across the day uh, will count towards the tournament. And the really relevant bit is, so there, there is money for first, second, third, grand to first place for whoever makes the most money across the day. But the really interesting bit is, as you say, the, the Beat Benson. Uh, as, you, as you can probably already guess, I'm, I'm not what you yep. call a, uh, an expert tipster. I'm just a sort of enthusiast and punter. And um, basically my P&L is monitored throughout the day. You can see all the bets I'm making. And if you finish with more profit than me um, and have had three bets totaling £10 or more across the day, you're entitled to your share of the Beat Benson Fund, uh, which uh, we put money into for every entry. And it normally pays uh, if if I make a loss and you make a profit, so the 20 or 30 quid. Uh, if I make uh, maybe 100 quid profit and you make more than that, or 50 quid profit and you make more than that, uh, it can pay three figures plus. So it's, it's worth getting involved in, uh, you know, a, a, a number of people have have played it and you know made 60 70 quid profit and then got paid yeah. 100 quid extra in beat benson dividends so it's yeah it's just a fun little extra element to to add, add to the saturday saturday hunting fun i'm coming after you this weekend um <laughs> i've already opted in and uh, i'm going to come after you this weekend i think i'm going to go to fairy house on uh, saturday good meeting there of course this weekend and i think i'll be there but uh, I'll be playing away online trying to beat you. But I can keep an eye on your bets, right, from the live blog, Jamie, so I'll have an idea of where you're at. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's all, it's all published, everything that I'm, that I'm betting on. So uh, um, you, can, you can see what I'm doing. And I, know, I know there's some people who basically just follow what I do and, uh, and, and increase the stakes on it, um, which is, you know, you know, it's one way to guarantee if I'm having a good day that you have a better day. But uh, Exactly, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I'm hardly price-wise. So... Uh, <laughs> Do, do so at your own peril. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, like, well, I'll be like my strategy for this year is I'll have a play spot on all the tracks, and if I land one of them, I reckon I might just do you anyway, without yeah. regardless of whatever I get up to. Yeah, definitely. And and you know, like I said, that sand down play spot often pays big, and if that Tingle Creek is a forerunner affair or you know or fewer, then you only got the you've only got the winner counting towards a play spot, which automatically, even if it is the favourite that wins, automatically cuts out quite a lot of the pool so it's yeah. it's, a sort of, it's a sort of pot combine that with with things like um the london national you know big handicap chase and and you have the recipe for a, a decent play spot payout so i think literally landing that play spot would probably will well almost certainly be enough to beat me yeah could be could be unless you go and do it but you won't do that jamie so we're, my, we should my be all play right. spot record is appalling uh, hence the, <laughs> the creation of the fantasy game yeah Got cool. you. So, yeah i had a go at that actually this week and do you know what right here i need a bit of advice here i was doing really well i reckon i was in about seventh or eighth place with two races to go and that was the rehearsal chase was one of them with long press in there yeah. and i reckon i had the budget to get long press but i thought i was being clever by not doing that and i picked a rank outside I actually ran okay but um 
yeah, if I just had long pressing, I definitely was getting paid. But I don't know. In my mindset, I'm trying to find the results that no one else will find. And I guess you've got to do a little bit of that. But not all of that. I'd already had a good day. So oh, just, I don't know. Help me out, Jamie. What did I do wrong? Yeah. game. <laughs> I mean, it, there are so many different tactics you can take, which is part of the reason why I love playing it so much. But it's a bit, it's a bit like in fantasy football in that you look at the people who win it and they invariably have, you know, Haaland and uh, the likes and, you know, similar guaranteed point scorers. Yeah. But then, but then also they will have a two and a half percent picked, you know, uh, lower league, uh, lower table defender that you've never heard of, but yeah, uh, comes up trumps. It's kind of the same in this, in that you want to do basically a mixture of taking on some fabs, maybe using your steward's inquiry to pick uh, the the horse that's going to come second to a favourite and boosting them to first. Now, I did that the weekend, right? I went for Epiton with a steward's inquiry, knowing that that would come second and I'd win. Um, Um, Absolutely. But I felt like I wasted it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, but you see, Epiton, that was a difficult one, actually, because Epiton was still, you know, she was 17, 50 guineas. So, yeah, whatever that sort of... You know, it's about it's about right, you know, for, for, for that. But she was in, I think, sixty percent of the list of stables. Right. Okay. So, okay. So you wasn't know, that it wasn't really yeah. difference making. That yeah. was, that was the fighting fifth was a difficult one to, to get an angle. I think you yeah. did the right thing. But, okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah. It's it, it it throws up loads of different angles, and you know, I, I I normally end up doing two stables, sort of one with a big favorite and one without a big favorite. Um, ah. Trying to split my strategies a bit. Okay, I'm going to get good at this, right? So I'm going to continue to pick your brains on these tote corners until I work out all the uh, all the perfect permutations of how to go and crack this. But yeah, I'm coming for you anyway with the target with Beat Benson this weekend. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed. There were a couple of nice place spot payouts actually during the weekend. I think we got nearly nearly 2K, obviously, the Newbury one we talked about. But then Carl on a Sunday paid 3.5K. So, you know, with these guarantees, there's, there's plenty of action on. Yeah, exactly. And, and even away from the big Saturdays, you know, every day we guarantee £100,000 at, at, at a meeting. Um, and a play spot so um, you know there's always <laughs> put it this way there's, there's always something that we're punting on uh, at the tote at work <laughs> uh, yeah, something, sure. something to keep <laughs> us away from our desks <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely do you know uh, we have a, a daily play spot page on bookmakers.co.uk of course where the race hours pot for Saturday between myself and Dermo will be there going for the 250k guarantee pot but daily we, we have it up there every, and we finally landed one yesterday unfortunately the dividend was low but we did get it six times like that's not bad oh, like, right. we'll take that yeah. yeah we'll take that we'll take a bit of profit there that'll pay for the next couple uh, while we wait for uh, the weekend to roll around so all is good there's also of course the scoop six on but we're waiting for that pool to get a bit bigger jamie i think yeah exactly i'd normally come on here and uh, and, and champion the scoop six but it's a bit it's a bit low at the moment um if you if you do fancy it it might be worth playing um uh, playing a couple of a couple of straight lines uh, or, yeah. or similar probably not one for a big plan um, but hopefully no, it should be back I don't up. see Harry Finley rolling up his sleeves just yet you know it's not, <laughs> it's not quite the time no, it'll no, come no. though no he's too oh, he's right. too preoccupied with his uh, with his coursing greyhound in uh, in Ireland at the moment but uh, oh, that's yeah, not story <laughs> uh, he's big into that alright Jamie look that was Tote Corner this week thank you very much for coming on we will talk next week when uh, we can discuss how I either failed miserably or managed to, to beat Benson in the Saturday tournament I'm having a go Anyway, so we'll talk then. Stop, man, dude. Thanks so much. You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing.
Pay and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the tote.co.uk. Hopefully you got some informative information there from Tote Corner and Jamie Benson and myself about how we're going to tackle the weekend uh, with the tote.co.uk. Why don't we have a look at some of the races with the esteemed panel that I have, Don McLean, Paddy Aspel and Emma um, Nolan are joining me. Uh, we're going to kick off um, demo with with a, with a good race. This the many clouds chase at Aintree goes to post at one thirty on Saturday. Three miles, one furlong in front of them, and a hoist and your didn't well. It can throw in a stinker now and again, but it's going to go off pretty short price favourite for this. Uh, we, we'll see the Grand National winner, of course, Emmett Mullins bringing Noble Yates over, and there's some good old yardsticks in here, like Sir Sam Brown, uh, Dashiell Drasher back over fences, and Shantry House, which is always uh, tricky to know what you're going to get. Yeah, um, High Senior is one of those horses who just he'd hurt your head, really. You know, he he, he goes from like the win here at Aintree last season. Granted, the rest of the horses, I mean, Fury Road was the only horse to chase him home. He's another horse that can throw in a crack. Um, cracker or a bad race obviously yeah. uh, Brave Man's Game didn't run his race that day Lompresse <laughs> Don's really yeah. melting my brain with that one but the um, he's definitely yeah. um, he didn't run his race either but a High Senor was fantastic last time awful and he's just had a few of them at, at Chelem like my fear always with him is he does jump right and you know that is just the simplicity with him Um and even last season on his way to winning here at Aintree in that grade one novice race he jumped right at times and he, he was messy at the first he just I don't know whether he's the brightest horse in the world uh, but he's unbelievably talented so like if he puts it all in five to four is probably a good price but it's hard to know whether he will do that this isn't the worst race in the world I mean Noble Yates is he's an intriguing horse to see how high he can actually reach he's very good last time but that race probably wasn't great you know he only beat Hurricane George there who's who wouldn't be fantastic so I'm happy enough at 11 to 2 Dean I think uh, Chantry House is a very decent price here especially after getting his win done um mm. I think the the wind was a bit of a problem as well as that he didn't have an ideal prep uh, last season at all but he was he's still a decent horse he was very good here as well in his past as well um yeah at 11 to 2 I think he's very talented in a race where a lot of them can kind of throw in bad ones I think first time after a wind up for him could be the time to catch Chantry House and 11 to 2 he's a big old price I'm with you. I, th- I think that's value. If you just take the best bits of its form, which you have to obviously ignore the ones where it doesn't complete, but when he completes, it doesn't lose very often, Don. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think he's a big price, all right, and fully agree with Dermot that this is the time to catch him. Like his record when he's fresh is very, very good. So, yeah, and, and first run back since a wind operation with his cheek pieces back on that he wore when he won the, the, the Cotswold Chase at Cheltenham for the first time that day. Okay, disappointed in the Gold Cup. But you have to allow him that. I think back at entry, as Dean says, he won the the mile main chase there really impressively as a novice. And look, I, I do like a Hoysenor at entry especially, and I think he can allow him his run at, at Weatherby the last day. And I, yeah, he does. He jumps to his jumps to his right, but he's got some very good form going left handed. And just like I think his first run last year at Carlisle as well in the Colin Parker race. He was a beaten horse when he unseated. He was just kind of just seemed to be tired, and it was similar at Weatherby the last, and he was taken on for the lead out in front, and that wasn't ideal for him. But he was disappointing. But I think he'll bounce back from that and back at entry where he won in April and where he won the Sefton Hurdle as well, where he beat Brave Man's Game and that as well. I think that will yeah. see him in in a good light. But no, I, I agree on the prices. I think he should be favoured. I think a high senior is is the right favourite, but I think Chantry House should be a fair bit closer to him in the betting than he is. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree with that yourself and Demo. Um, and I think, Paddy, you might make this a four-way go. Yeah, I'm struggling to get away from Chantry House, but it, oh. at the back of my mind, 
I'm looking at a high senior and, you know, he's sort of um, quite deflated after his return last year. And then he's come straight back next time and got the job done. And you know the word I've always used with this fellow, lads? He's just very clunky. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's not an easy watch. He's not, he he's looks not like a table easy. sometimes going over there, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Yeah. You know, he, he's got to work a good bit harder at the job than, than others. But, you know, that's just the way it is. But there's a huge engine in there. Um, but 40 lengths, he was beaten. You know, if, if a horse is a bit keen and fresh on his return, you know, if they get tired going to the last or whatever, that's fair enough. But, you know, it, 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 that, it's going to take a fair bit of turning around to bounce back here. And at the prices, I think I'd be happier to go with Chantry House. James Bowen getting the leg up here for the first time. He's getting plenty of opportunities now, isn't he, for Nicky, who yeah. who does rave about him all the time. And, yeah, early doors could certainly be the time to see this chap at his best. Yeah, I can't see that 5-1, to 11-2 lasting for Chantry House in that 130 entry. And nor can the panel. Okay, the 145 at Sandown probably won't spend too long on uh, on this. It's the Close Brothers, of course, Henry VIII Novices Chase. Um I really liked the performance from Boot Hill last time. An unexpected party, an unsured uh, uh, Dajonk. <laughs> That's how you're going to pronounce it. They'll make up the numbers. But Don, uh, we've seen John Bond already. It was pretty spectacular what we saw on Chase debut. Uh, mm. This is a bit of a penalty kick. Yeah, no, absolutely. If he runs, if he runs, yeah. And if he doesn't if he run, runs, Boot, Hill, yeah. Boot Hill will be even shorter to win if John Bond doesn't run. <laughs> <laughs> and if neither of them run on a special party, it's going to be shorter again. Yeah, uh, no, it's a disappointing Henry VIII chase, but yeah, you couldn't yeah. fault what John Bond did. He was a high, high class novice hurdler last year. He's obviously he's got the, the pedigree for it as well. Uh, yeah, but I, I thought what he did, and, and maybe like West Cork definitely underperformed, Mon Moral maybe underperformed a wee bit as well, but his jumping was very maybe. good. He always looked to be have everything under control and he kept on well. And it was a lovely, lovely first start lovely first chase and yeah look you know he's two to one for the oracle which is very very short but in the context of tomorrow's race you'd nearly prefer back him at two to seven for tomorrow's race or for saturday's race than to back him at two to one for the oracle so yeah i think it's a a race to just watch yeah fair enough uh john bon paddy he's bigger and stronger i think this year as you would expect after a summer grass and what is he now he's six gonna turn seven uh in a month's time uh, this should be straightforward. Yeah, it probably will. Uh, I mean, Boot Hill is a horse now who he appears to have had maybe his training issues as well. But you know, he's starting to put it together now. Um, I was quite, I, like I was quite taken with that win last time, and you know, a trainer and jockey in a real good place at the minute. Plenty of winners for both, and sure. I mean, unexpected party for a stride or two looked like he was going to give McFabulous something to do the other day. He was entitled to get a little bit tired. I don't think, look, he should be the price that he is. But John Bond, you think he's going to keep it simple, get loose on the front end. And yeah, overall, I think he was pretty good on his feet at Warwick, wasn't he? He was. He was. I was impressed and I thought it was a performance that looked like he'd had a couple of goes already and that wasn't the case. So yeah, this should be straightforward, Demo. Uh, yeah, yeah. As long as he runs, he wins. There's not much more to add there really, is there? No, nope, fair enough, fair enough. I'll give you a trickier uh, contest to look at, Demo, <laughs> up next. Uh, it's the Beecher, of course, at Aintree at five past two on Saturday. Um, well, the Greenall and Guerrero partnership, uh, along with Henry Brook, have got Guess Keel at the front of the market here. Actually, it's very short for a Beecher, I think. Actually, top of the market is short with Ashdown, lad. 
seven to two and four to one respectively. Uh, there's got to be some value in there. Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, Stephen Cast last week had Lamilos, and he messaged me on that uh, he's a double with Ashton Lad, and uh, I bought a few hampers off him for people for Christmas, and he said that the Ashton Lad winning will be worth a lot more than any hamper to him anyway. Uh, so he he'd be getting quite Lovely. well now of Ashton Lad on a much bigger. Um, but the no, the one I like here is actually I, I just did uh, spoke to Brian Hayes this morning for his bookmakers that UK article, and I quite liked his horse anyway. And I'm delighted to hear that Brian's on board. I thought Reside of Prayer is a big old price. I know he's a big weight, eleven stone eleven, but like last twice now he's he's he bumped into Bustleton and kind of chased him home from from the back that day. And if you remember that race, it was Uick and Bustleton, and Uick was probably going to win. Uh, yeah. Bustleton had kind of torn apart the field and then last time got kind of stopped five out and then young the young jockey on Captain Kangaroo kicked brilliantly I uh, was surprised to see him not keep the ride young Callaghan uh, Jack Foley's on instead but when you look at the weight difference between Captain Kangaroo and Recite a Prayer now it's massive there's like it's well over 10 pounds when you take in the um, the difference between that seven pound claimer and Jack Foley claiming three if if Recite a Prayer, by the form that he's shown over staying trips, if he takes to these fences, which is obviously a big, big if, but if he does, he's in really good form. Um, really interesting that Willie's brought him over. And 18 to 1 for a horse who's, who's showing that strong chase form in Ireland coming over here. Um, I'd like It's hard to discount anything here, obviously, Dean, but at 18 mm. to 1, yeah, I, I really like him here. Okay, check that column out on bookmakers.co.uk and get more, um, of course. And sorry, Brian, Brian was fairly sweet in them as well, sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, recite a prayer then, Willie Mullins. It looks like it's a second string, certainly on the current market, uh, for Dermot Nolan in the Beecher. Don, what do you like in the Beecher? Yeah, look, you, you have to respect Willie's two horses. And yeah, I agree with exactly what, what Dermot said about, about recite a prayer. He's a horse that, He's a very likable horse. He ran a massive race in the Kerry National. Um, was working at Cork actually when he won, the, or when he finished third behind Captain Kangaroo. And Captain Kangaroo, he's a horse who he he he's he's a tricky horse. He, he only won once over hurdles, and that was his first chase win in the Cork National the last day. But he did it well. I thought Kieran Callahan, as Dermot said, gave him a super ride. He was aggressive on him. I mean, I think he's a very very good young rider, and obviously. The fact that Willie Mullins uses him, that you don't need to even watch him ride. The fact that Willie Mullins uses him, you know that he's a good rider. And the value for seven pounds claim, um, I suppose just going over the, the big fences and going over to entry, maybe, you know, that, that was just maybe too arduous a task. Part of it, yeah. But he gave, him a, he gave him a super ride the last day. And maybe with that win on the board, Captain Kangaroo, he can go on from that. Now, like from a, from a handicapping perspective, the Irish handicapper gave him 10 pounds and he's got three pounds extra. So he's three pounds higher in Britain than he is in Ireland. Whereas Recider Prayer is only two pounds higher, and as as Jeremy said, Captain Kangaroo doesn't have the seven pounds claim to go with him. So I I I think there won't be much between those two, and very interesting that Willie's bringing the horses over. But the one I like is actually fantastic. As I thought, he ran a, he ran really well the last day in the, the the three and a half mile handicap chase at Cheltenham. He he was up there handy from early. He made one or two little mistakes, which wasn't ideal. But he came from the the, the the ultimate chase at Cheltenham. And that race just keeps on giving, doesn't it? Like Korak Rambler ran a mm. massive race in the Carl Gold Cup. Jericho Rock, likewise. Our Power won a good race at Ascot um, on his next run. Even Debt Duty, who finished sixth just in front of Fantasticus. He went and, and ran a good race and finished third in the Troy Town there at the weekend. So that, that ultimate chase is working out really well. And just Fantasticus, he's playing by night to Tristan Davis. Who's had he's had more winners of this race than any other trainer. He's had six winners 
of the race. And you just think that maybe the last day at Cheltenham was the run that was going to bring him forward for the Vitra chase. So, look, he has to prove that he handled the fences and all of that. He's, and he's a young horse, but like he's, he's off. He's actually a pound lower now than he was at Cheltenham the last day. He's only had seven runs over fences. He's a seven-year-old. I think he can come forward from that. And I think the the trip, like the, the slight drop down and trip to three and a quarter miles, that should suit him. You know, I just I just think there's plenty to like about him. So, yeah, I think he's interesting at around 18 or 20 to 1. Yep. Okay, that's the twist in Davis camp, of course, with Fantastic Astem. I'm surprised you didn't throw that into the mix. One of your horses to follow on the uh, It's on my notes here, Dean, as the other horse I was backing. And I typically just said, go, I fell off on my train of thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> recite a prayer I have two in that race it's recite a prayer and Fantasticast yes sorry well Don made the case for you yeah, yeah. and I would, no, I would I appreciate you. It slightly, <laughs> slightly better than you would have done oh, oh 100% yes. yeah. <laughs> Paddy over to you hey, I've gone I might have a couple of shouts here if that's alright Dino um, of course I thought that Dr. Kananga was a really interesting horse here for Ben Clark um, okay. That was a real good return. Uh, they actually ran him over hurdles. So although he is an extreme stare, this son of Dapper, that he actually showed a little bit of boot round Banger the last day. And for a stride or two, I thought he looked like he had the unbeaten Maximilian of Donald McCain's in a bit of butter. In the end, look, he got tired um, and he was comfortably held, but it was a lovely return. Uh, he's had his win done and he is just one of them low mileage sort of operators and Ben Clark he's a very capable trainer he seems to target sort of these long distance type races so but because he's run pretty smart over hers the last day I'm not expecting him to be done for boot round here so he could be one at a price and I thought the obviously the Crawford team absolutely cleaned up didn't they at air the other day and you know they're an outfit whose numbers they definitely dropped off this year you know they just weren't the strike rate hasn't been as strong as, as what we've seen down the years but the last month or so they've come back round again and they're in good nick and now where when I thought it was a horse with low mileage again over fences up to a mark of 130 and just a seven year old so he was maybe one to keep an eye on he might hit the frame at a bit of a price but hopefully Dr. Kananga be my first choice Okay, Dr. Kananga, and now where or when for Paddy to dance at the beach? Um, it's very obvious, but I thought the run behind our dancer from Keel was very, very good. And uh, they'll have another crack here slightly further. Um, it's just the price. It's just no bet at those odds. And everyone is obviously already on um, around 7-2 favourite for this. Um, yeah, I'd be hoping one of the lads has found something with a bit of value better than that. But it is always one of the best races um, of this particular weekend and one that we will enjoy uh, watch and hopefully we go close Paddy I'm going to stick with you for the handicap chase that follows that race at Aintree that's the 240 uh, Riders on the Storm back to his best of course under new connections uh, for the Hobsons threatened it a little bit last year finally delivered at Aintree last time yeah he certainly did and you've really got to respect this horse he generally turns up um, doesn't he but I don't know I thought there was others in the lineup as well that were um, were pretty interesting um, I mean, yep. for me, although he's got plenty of ways, I'm a big fan of Sandy Johnson's horse here, or Sandy Thompson, should I say, Empire Steel. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, he does have plenty of weight, but he's gone well fresh in the past. And for an eight-year-old, Sandy hasn't really punished this horse as regards his runs go. He showed that he's pretty um, capable of running on all sorts of ground, to be honest, and it would be a mighty task of 145. But the fact that he has hit the ground running after a break 
in the past and from a yard who's rocking along nicely. I think he's a horse who could have a little bit of room to manoeuvre of one four five, albeit is probably the deepest water he's been in yet. But last year, I mean, he was bang upsides in the role of Merrick um, when he came down. I think it was the third last. I really fancied him that day. Uh, we've maybe not seen the best of him so far, but so I'll take Empire Steel. And because he has got plenty of weight, you're going to get a bit of a price about Oh, you will, yeah. Double figures around 16s or so for Empire Steel, Sandy Thompson and Ryan Mania um, in the Handicap Chaser entry there. Uh, Don, what do you like in this? Are you a Riders on the Storm fan or is there value elsewhere? Yeah, I, I am, Dean. I thought I thought um, he might get more than £2 for his win in the, in the old Roland Chase. And his yeah. horse has always had lots of ability. I remember him with Tom Taff. He, he was a very good novice chase with Tom Taff. And he actually was sent off as, I think, third favourite for the Close Brothers chase that after Tower won. And that's going back. And we know he's had issues in the meantime. But he, 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 he... I thought it was a good thing that day, Don. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, like he, he went on a bit of a run for Nigel Tristan Davis, then lost his form a bit. But I thought, yeah, that run the last day was a very good run. And again, it's been working out really well. Like Hitman was second, he won at Haydock then Gala was third he won the Paddy Power Gold Cup um, and Riders on the Storm I, only, I know he only got home by a head in the end but I, I, he left the impression that he like he travelled like the most likely winner from a long way out and I know he does that and, and can kind of flatter to deceive a bit but he, he found enough to get home that day and two and a half miles on similar ground same course and distance to the last day up only two pounds, probably in a in a race that isn't as good as the old Rowan Chase was. Yeah, I, I think there's lots of, lots to like about him. I thought eleven to four. Thought that was yeah. I thought that was more than fair. I thought it was pretty fair myself. Uh, Demo, you'll remember that Cheltenham with Riders on the Storm, me walking around the course singing Doors songs and uh, and it going wrong. Yeah, yeah, that was the day that uh, we were actually cost the play spot, wasn't it, by Benny the Do falling, wasn't it? The, um, yeah. Yeah, because we had everything else. But yeah, it was, um, I couldn't agree more with Don. I thought Rising Riders on the Storm was uh, brilliant last time in a race that's uh, working out quite well. I thought he'd be very, very hard to stop here. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay. Uh, Paddy had one against, but we quite like the jolly in that 240 entry. Uh, 255 at Sandown, of course, is the Tingle Creek. It is the Tingle Creek weekend. Uh, Derbo, I'll start with you. If Shishkin turns up, it wins. Uh, yeah. Um, no, that wasn't, that wasn't a confident yet. Ahead, yeah. Nicky Henderson just said there about an hour ago that he's quite confident that the ground will be right for him. So I'd say we should expect to see Shishkin. Uh, I have no idea what uh, what his condition actually entails or, you know, as in, uh, I have no idea what like what all that means. If a fully-fledged Shishkin turns up, he wins, and he wins quite well. Um, but this race has a serious chance to, to be another joke uh, tomorrow, so I'm happy to, to avoid it. Alan King will not run Edwardstone on anything else than the right ground, and that's his his prerogative um, but yeah. it's very hard it's a very hard sport to market isn't it because you know you'd, like, you'd love to build Shishkin the the returning great versus Edward Stone the Arkle winner but you're, you know it's impossible to do so obviously Grenatine is a very good horse but he shouldn't be up to a Shishkin level but you know he is the solid one it's a race I'm just I'm happy to watch I really hope Shishkin is back and I hope we get to watch him at his very best thing Yep, I'm in that camp too. We've had Paul Nichols doing his Kevin Keegan. You know, they've got to come to us and they've got to get this and they've got to beat us and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Paddy, we'll see Shishkin against Grenatine, hopefully. 
yeah, hopefully. Um, I mean, obviously he had that bone condition, didn't he? And he needed a fair bit of, of box rest. But I just wonder, lads, I mean, obviously we got the spectacle of seeing him and Ergamine at Ascot, didn't we? And, I mean, has it really broken his heart? It, it, it's hard to know. Um, you know, it was, one, it was one of the races of a lifetime, to be honest. But maybe was. maybe he could pay the price for it. Um, you know, we've seen it happen before. I'm going to take, you know, I'm quite loyal to Edward Stone here. I do hope that he runs because, you know, Alan King is getting plenty of form in this department as well and he's not getting nowhere near as much stick as what um, poor old Nicky gets. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I hope he runs. True, yeah. You know, I do hope he runs. He won on this card last year. Um, He's gone well fresh in the past. And I think Paul Nichols, he made no secret that Grenatine was, was fitter this time around and ready to go for the Halden, didn't he? And, and yes. have a real good poke at it. Um, I'm really enjoying the way Paul Nichols is going about the job now. He, he's just very, he's very ballsy, isn't he? Yeah, he's very ball. Yeah, being, it's you know, and it, he's trying to take advantage of everyone else's hesitation, which is the sign of a, a man on a mission. And it's a, it's a good way to go about it because you can be the anti uh, to what everyone is giving out about. So yeah, um, yeah, he's going about. He's never been shy though, Don, has he? <laughs> he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Um, no, I like it. It'd be great if these all run because. Like I, Shishkin for me does have a question to answer. Like he, the last time we saw him, he was pulled up at Cheltenham, and like there is that chance. As Paddy was saying, that you know, the Ascot race bottomed him out. Don't think Altrio was ever the same after his race at Ascot. Yep. We know Buckskin definitely wasn't the same after <laughs> after his meeting with Grundy at Ascot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like he has to come back, and I I wouldn't be backing him with even money or anything like that. To, to be because if, he, if he's if he's back to his best then of course he's the one they all have to beat Grenatine we know he loves Sandown he had a good run at Exeter and he was a wee bit weak in the market before the Halton Gold Cup actually but he won well yep. he'd probably come on from that um, Edwardson you know like he probably does need a bit of cut in the ground so say so he might, may be less likely to run than Shishkin um, but I, I think Gentleman de May is a very interesting horse I think he's been overlooked a little bit and the fact that Willie Mullins is sending him over is really interesting. I, I know he, he, he was a beaten horse when he fell or he unseated in the Poplar Square chase at Nace last time, but he was free and keen and out front on very soft ground at Nace. So look, it was disappointing at the time. He was an odds-on shot. I was disappointed that he didn't go and win it. Um, but there's every chance he can come forward from that. And look, I know entry form with Edwardston, he beat him at four and a half lengths. And look, it probably wasn't Ed- Edwardston's running. He'd won the Arkle, Gentleman Demay came into the race much fresher and having not had a, a run since he'd won the Flying Bull Chase quite easily at Navin the time before that. So I think he, he might have been a wee bit flattered in beating Edwardston by four and a half lengths, but he might not have been. And I, I think Sandown will suit him. I just think that run down those six or seven fences down the back straight with the railway fences at the end, I think that could suit him really well. And he's an aggressive horse. He does like to get on with things. And Sandown does suit that style of running, especially over two miles. So look, it could be a really good Tingle Creek if they all run. It's going to be really interesting. You've got the Irish element, the novices from last season, taking on the established Sandown specialist and the champion chase, or the or, yeah, Shishkin from before. So um, yeah, I, I think it could be a fascinating Tingle Creek chase. But I, I think the value is gentlemen to make. Yeah, eights, nines, bit of tens out there for Gentleman de May. And if the hesitation kicks in, the couple of them don't go. Could be second favourite at least. Um, and yeah, it's a, it is a fascinating renewal. This is kind of the thing that Demo was talking about earlier on, is that it's tricky for us to 
delve too in because you're almost scared to talk about it too much for wasting your words. And it is tough. Um, hopefully they all run because if they do, that is a belter of a Tingle Creek. Fingers crossed. Um, Don, I'll stick with you. Really tricky handicap hurdle at Aintree at 3.15. Uh, walking on air was a non-runner at the weekend when I think Derma put him up as a horse that he really, really likes. Taking on Langer Daniel, who normally waits till the spring uh, to have a go and uh, not doing that this time around. Harbour Lake, who ran, of course, very, very well at Cheltenham behind. I like to move it in that, what was it, a three-herd of Greatwood or something like that, but still a hot race. Um, there's others in here. Uh, this is tricky, Don, so I'll give it to you. It is tricky. It is tricky. Yeah, look, I agree. I thought Harbour Lake did run. He ran well for a long way in that Greatwood hurdle and then just kind of faded out of it uh, from the from the two-and-a-half-mile run from the second-last flight. Yeah. The last flight. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, it's hard to know what to expect from walking on air, isn't it? Uh, you probably learn more from him, from Dermot. But yeah, I, I like Langer Dang on a, on, a, on a second run back. Like, he really should have won the, the hurdle race the last day when Bruin up Storm fell on seated at the first. I thought he'd, he'd go and win the race then, but he couldn't get near Dashel Drasher. And yeah. he was even beaten by Wadirev second. So you have to allow him that. It, it, it wasn't his true running. We know he's better than that. And... He he doesn't tend to be at his best on his first run back after a break. Like he he won the he won at Sand he won the Imperial Cup on his second run back after a break a couple of seasons ago. Um, he had he had that run at Taunton on his first run back last year, where which is just bizarre, and then was unlucky. He was brought down the Martin Pipe, but then on his third run back, which was effectively a second run, he won the good um handicap hurdle at Aintree. So I think his second run back, he could come forward quite a bit from his his debut at Aintree. And yeah, look, it's it's you know, tentative enough and um, I wouldn't be going all in, but I think Langerdang, I think he'll come forward a fair bit from his entry run and that might be good enough to, to win it. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying about Langerdang, I, th- yeah, I thought he'd run well uh, behind, uh, obviously ended up finishing behind Dasher Drasher in the Bruin Up a Storm race at entry and it's just interesting that they weren't going to kind of hang on to him this year and go and make use of his mark and I think there's a there's probably pl- plenty more to come from Langerdang, but Derma's going to tell me that walking on air, good thing off one three two. I think so, yeah. I just thought that that performance. Yeah. Now, obviously, we need to learn a, a bit more about him, but the um, the performance last year, I just really loved him after. I, I just thought it was such a taking performance. Um, Nicky wasn't slow to talk him up for all the big races. Aintree just went wrong. It was I'd always forgive a horse that going into a race like that against real battle-hard and other horses. Um, I just... I think he's a good bit better than this. I think he's a 150s horse, so I think catching him off 132 here, as long as his jumping holds up, um, I hope they just belt away from the front with him. Um, I love James Bowen as well. I, I think he's a really brilliant brilliant jockey. So, yeah, no, walking on air for me, definitely, Dean. And uh, I'll even give you a forecast. Um, oh, yeah. I think he'll beat Benson. I think Benson... Uh, hey, An old friend of the podcast, uh, really talented horse, but an absolute mental case... Remember Paddy Slagging before I said if he stays within the wings he'll win. He is that kind of horse. Um but Brian Hughes is born for 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 Benson. <laughs> Absolutely born for him. Um a yoke that doesn't want to get to the front too soon and all that. Benson is is absolutely made for him. I'll probably go reverse forecast just out of respect to, to my old friend, but I think Walking on Air wins and I think Benson will chase him home. Lovely, lovely. Um, yeah, and you give a good mention as well to James Bowen. Paddy, you're only just saying that he's getting some nice chances. He's got another one here. Yeah, he certainly has. Um, and another one, Dino, I think maybe early doors 
off a mark of one three two, he could look, you know, and obviously it's a massive cut. He could look chucked in, um, but if he went anywhere near that return effort last year, it would have him bang there. But this is uber competitive, as you would expect. To be fair, I mean, I'd say plenty of connections were delighted to see Langerdan turn up and just keep some of these on on some handy weights. But again, I was going to go a bit of each way value here and. Take the Irish horse, uh, Peter Fahey, skipping court. You know, yep. they're going to run off a five pound higher mark here than their Irish mark. They wore off one, two, two. They popped a pair of cheap pieces on him, but he's only a five year old skipping court. He's got some nice form along the way. And we've seen Peter Fahey, he has made some good UK raids already. Hasn't oh, yeah. he? Surprise he's, package, wasn't it? Surprise package last that year. Was, that yeah. was something else. He, yeah. he's, he's an incredible, incredibly good young operator, Peter Fahey. So, yeah, interesting that the boys are coming over at the weekend with, with skipping court. But this is very competitive. You know, you would, you you'd need to have a little bit up your sleeve here. But he's fit. I think his form is reasonable. See if he if he can get competitive off one two seven maybe in the first time cheap pieces, but crack and race. Oh yeah, belter, belter. Uh, a nod for skipping court there for the fights uh, to come over and raid a bit more UK prize money. No better man uh, to get that done. Uh, Paddy, stick with you for that three thirty at Sandown last race before we have a quick glance at Fairy House as well this weekend, of course, for their um, Royal Bond Drimmore Hatton's Grace meeting, which is always a belter. Um, and it's a big old stayers London National. Handicap chase at Sandown, the last one on their card, 3.30. That goes to post. Uh, we're going to have a short price favourite here, and it's that man who you already said is in form, Harry Fry, of course. Got Kevin Brogan on board, Revels Hill. Yeah, no, I, I do like um, Revels Hill, and I think it's fair to say that for uh, on the evidence I've seen so far, you know, that both... Um, Dave Cross and Noah Fahili have done an incredible job sourcing all these syndicate horses. They really have bought very, very well. Obviously, um, the 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 star at the moment for them anyway, Tamaris of Paul Nichols, another one. And I I do think yeah. they buy very, very well. And Rebels yeah. Hill, yeah, definitely only a seven year old. I think it's fair to say they've they've got a bit of rope to play with. Six runs over fences and a good lad on board in Kevin Brogan. And I don't know. I think it just lacks. A little bit of competitiveness this race because not loads of these are actually rocking up here in the sort of form and maybe with the scope for improvement that Revels Hill is. So for me, probably not hard to look elsewhere than stick with Harry Fry's seven-year-old here. He looks like a horse who's maybe still on the improve. Yeah, I felt the same about the race too, and I was trying to find a bit of value. I do, I, I have a soft spot for Deja Abu or Deja Arba. Uh, Don, you can correct me here, but I do. I do you actually like, got that right, Dean. Yeah, perfectly. Well, one of those was right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. take one of them. It's, it's not Irish, so I don't know how to pronounce this one. <laughs> no. Um, um, yeah. I do like that horse, but I did struggle to get the favourite beat here, Don. I like him too. I like Deja Abu. Yeah, he loves Sandow. He's, he's run here four times and he's won twice and got beaten the nose in this race last year and was beaten ahead by Lomelos there at, at, back in February. So. He, he, he was only he was only just beaten by him, so that's very very strong for him. He's only two pounds higher than he was last year. He does stay this trip. I mean, he is a bit of a monkey, I suppose. He like he, mm. he did look like he was going to go and win it last year, and then Highland Hunter had battled him. So um, look, he he had his run there over hurdles in the hurdle race that remastered one at entry last time. I'm sure that's to get him ready for this. I'm sure this has been the plan since the end of last season at the latest. And I know he's nine years old now, but he's still potentially well handicapped. And Sandan form, to me, it's it's important, you know, and of course form is important anywhere, but Sandan form, I think, is always 
it's one of the first things you look for when you're going back to Sandown. And yeah, I think he's got plenty in his favour. He still could be, there still could be a handicap like this in him off a mark 142. Yeah. Um, if I was going to take on the favourite, that's where I'd be going. Demo, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of like a, a, a mad one here. Uh, Gwen Silly Burr was the 11 year old there at, um, at 33 to 1, Dean. Um, yeah. This is a horse who's, he's, he has, this is a win only bet, funnily enough, actually, because he, he does have his issues. But he's, um, so he'd either win or, or go close or he'll just, he'll bomb out. But he's just, he's very talented on his day last season at, at 25 to 1. He, he won a very decent staying chase um, on his second run back. This is his second run back this season. He's had his win done. When it clicks right for this horse, it's, it can just go right for him. And he, he wins at huge prices. I, I liked him when he was with Fleming back in the day. There is, there's kind of bleeding issues there and everything else. He comes with a massive health warning. But off a mark of 123, lower than his last winning mark last season, um, Rebels Hill should be too good. And Ijab as well, but if this really develops into a slog, David Pipe just persevering with this horse shows that there is something there. Last time was his first run back, it was very, very quietly run went off at uh, a 41. He'll be a huge price here, but just with his mm. win done, it just wouldn't surprise me at all if Gwen City Burbis was able to uh, roll back the clock and run a huge one. Love that. Some of that price is what you want. Um, if you don't fancy taking on these top of the market horses, and Gwen City Burbis is the one for Dermot Nolan. Demo, talk to me about Fairy House this week. It sounds like I'm going to go on the wrong day. I think I'm going to go on Saturday and I'll miss what's going on Sunday. But chances of seeing um, well, some very special horses across the Royal Bond, of course, across the Drimmore, across the Hatton's Grace with Honeysuckle. You might see a Fassal Vega. You know, it's going to be something special in Ireland. Something very special. Even the, the much talked about Lossy Mouth looks like she's going to go on that, that, oh, that, nice. uh, that great tree hurdle. Uh, Champ yeah. Hiley, who is probably still being disrespected, really, in the anti post market. He, he's been brilliant so far. Marine National, the horse, the Barry Connell, that's in the in the Royal Bond. They take each other on. And even the likes of In the Pocket in that race, he's not out of that race either. Irish Point. I doubt he turns up, but he's he'd be more than good enough. The Royal Bond looks serious. You go on then to something like the uh, Drinmore and Tree Stripe Life couldn't have been better last time. Banbridge potentially going up and trip as well. Um, like they have to. Uh, yeah, no, not as much as you yeah. want them to. It's, no, I know that. And yeah. then literally you, you roll on then to Honeysuckle. It's an unbelievable card. Um, absolutely unreal. Um, and Ferios, yeah, are, it's a great, a brilliant race course. And that is a a serious card. The only bet that I am tilting towards, I'm looking forward to the prices, is Fakira in the uh, yeah. Porterstown. This is a horse who's always wanted a proper trip like this. Uh, ran well enough over two miles five. I do think they were pers- uh, persevering with this mark of 138. Has to remember that this horse was really was was really fancy going into that. Albert Barnett went off at nine to one. Um, sorry. Went off at four to one and uh, mm. just kind of didn't fire that day. But this horse uh, has always wanted this trip. For some reason, it's stuck around the three mile mark, really wants to go up. Um, and for Tim O'Driscoll and Gordon Elliott, um, I think Fakira is a proper bet if he turns up in that Porterstown on Sunday. Yeah, nice uh, nice race that Porterstown. One I always like to try and delve into. I do love the stay in chases. And Fakira would have to be on the list, uh, like Fairhouses too. And it's uh, for Gordon Elliott off a nice weight. Uh, Don. Three absolutely stunning races there. We're going to learn a lot about Cheltenham horses here. Yeah, I know. It's a hell of a meeting, Dean. Like, it really is. It always is. But I don't know. This year seems to be more... I don't know. The quality seems to be deeper. Like, the Drinmore chase, 
every every Gordon Elliott horse that won a beginner's chase, he was going for the Drinmore. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see what he runs. Like Three Stripe Life and Mighty Potter, either one of those or both of those towards the top of the market. Like they were both very good, especially Three Stripe Life. I thought he jumped very well when he won at Nace. Um, Hollow Games as well. His jumping was very, very good at Nace the last day when he mm. kind of made all the running. Uh, the Devil's Coachman, if he runs... If there's a bit of cut in the ground, he's a really exciting horse. Albar is still a novice. He like, he beat Ida's boy at Cork the last day in a, a grade three chase. So look, and and Banbridge, I'm with you, Dean. I've backed him for the the Brown Advisory chase. So I've got further than that. Tom. Have you? <laughs> I'm on the National Hunt chase. What oh, really? Doing? Right? Yeah. I, I'd say <laughs> I'd say I'm I'm 33s to have a runner, and you're about 50s. There. Yeah, that's what it feels yeah, like. He, he would win the National Hunt Chase, so yeah, I'm hoping he would. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping it's okay. sense. Yeah, I'm hoping it's It's um, he's, he's a horse that you have to love. Like with the Martin Pipe Hurdle victory, and then the way that he jumped at Goran Park was fantastic, and he did the same then at Cheltenham, and he won over over two miles. But yeah, if if um, if he's going to step up and trip, he kind of has to run the Drinmore. Now it's not he hadn't had that much of a break. It's only three weeks since Cheltenham, so yeah, maybe Joseph O'Brien will. Think he, it's not that it's not long enough, and uh, keep him for Christmas. And if he runs a Christmas, he'll go on the the two mile or the two mile one furlong. Novice chest, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah. that looks like probably the right race from given his profile at the minute. But no, I'd love to see him going in the Drinmore because look, it's a hell of a race even without him. So yeah, that that's a hell of a race. And you know, the novice chasers this time of year, you just love to see them. Um, Marine Nacional, yeah, like he's just such an exciting horse taking on Champ Kylie. Um, and he he jumped so like his his bumper form is very good, and he jumped so well at points down the last day in a race that wasn't run at a good pace, and he quickened up smartly. So he'd be a worthy rival for Champ Kylie, and yeah, then Honeysuckle like phenomenal. Now it's a phenomenal day Sunday. Yeah, do you know like the Irish have the best of the racing on Sunday, and then hopefully. Uh, the English have the best of the football in the World Cup. That's kind of made my day. That whole day is going to be pretty spectacular. Uh, Paddy, uh, anything you want to pick out from that card? Obviously, Honeysuckle's going to run, and we imagine we'll just just probably do enough in a Hatton's Grace. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but when you have a look down through the card, it's an absolute cracker, isn't it? Um, and we're, you know, you're going to get the numbers as well. Ireland are always come up trumps in that end. Um, so really looking forward to it. I mean, Nuzret. He could be very, very interesting um, in the juvenile hurdle. I think he looks mm. a pretty decent son of Golden Horn. Uh, even the bumper lads, if you look at the bumper, they've got some lovely pages on offering the bumper. And, you know, it'd be no surprise if we were to see a real good one there. And then, obviously, in the um, in the big uh, chase, what's it called? The um, Is it the Powerstown? Um, Porterstown. Porterstown, yeah. The Gordonstown. You've got the absolute... Place pop banker, um, the dabbler for Liam Cusack. <laughs> okay, Liam Cusack with the dabbler. Why is that the absolute place pop banker? Paddy? Well, if you look at his form, he doesn't like popping his head in front too often, but he loves to bring home a little bit of money. Yeah, like he, does, well, he does. You know, we we need place pop bankers. <laughs> Thanks very much. I will be I will be keeping that one uh, on side, Paddy. And um, I mean, it is the future of national hunt racing for the next three or four seasons is what you get to see at this meeting, which is, I mean, honeysuckle apart, we imagine we might get one or two years left of her. And that's obviously the standout race with Hatton's Grace. But the future is bright looking at that card. And uh, we've got plenty to get stuck into there at the weekend at Ferry House. It is time, of course, for naps uh, this week. Um, across the racing that we've discussed, you can go to Ferry House. You can go elsewhere, of course. Um, 
Damon Ola, I'm going to come to you first for your nap of the weekend, please. Uh, my nap of the weekend will be walking on air, but if Fakira runs, uh, I'd be between the two, but walking on air is definitely running, so I go walking on air. Walking on air for Demo. Um, I was going to take you on. I'm going to rethink Demo now that you've you've done that. Walking on air in that 3.15 at Aintree. Uh, Paddy, you're up next. What's, what's your best bet of the weekend, please? Yeah, I've got Aintree, lads, and it was one of the races that we didn't talk about but I thought it was yep. very interesting that Nigel Twiston has declared Broadway boy he's only had two runs over hurdles and went close enough in a small field on debut but he bumped into a real nice one at Gary Moore's in desperate ground in a maiden hurdle at Lingfield last time a horse called Authorised Speed who never came off the bridle oh, yeah. Um, yeah. but you know Broadway boy who still looked a bit raw behind he's only a four year old um, having a second run over hurdles, he was well, well beat, but the handicapper has given him one, one, two. Now, although he has got top weight, apart from the rag down at the bottom, it's a very compact handicap. So I think it's interesting that Twiston is happy to let him go and take his chance with that sort of weight. Only being a four-year-old, I think he maybe reckons that one twelve gives them a bit of a, a bit of a chance here. Okay, okay, that'll do us, Paddy. Uh, Don, your best of the weekend, please. Yeah, I think at the prices, Dean, I'll stick with Gentleman Domain in the Tingle Creek. Just for all the reasons we outlined earlier, I think Sandown will suit him. I think the fact that William Mullins is bringing him over is significant. I think he's like one, obviously won the grade one race at Aintree last season. He's a second season chaser. I think he can go forward. He's got about a stone to find with Shishkin on official ratings. But I think on like the ground as well, ground just on the easy side of good, that should be ideal for him. So I think he's got plenty in his favour. He has to come on, obviously, from his run at Nace's a seasonal debut run, but I think he can and ridden aggressively over those entry or over those entry Sandown fences down the back straight. <laughs> I, I just yeah. think he's a very exciting horse and I don't think he should be the price he is. Okay, gentlemen to me. And it, you know, that race can cut up and there's a big price about it right now. Uh, taking a chance there in the Tingle Creek, the big race of the weekend. I was going to go against Dermo and put Langadown up, but I won't now because I know he's very confident. And I'll go with Chantry House. So I just think from a value perspective, yeah, sure. it's too big a price to um, get the better of a hoist and your and the four other runners in that open out the 130 at Aintree, uh, the many class chase. I do think if it finishes, it's going to be very, very hard for a hoist and your uh, to beat Chantry House. So I'll go there. Um, you've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the totes.co.uk. Uh, myself and Dermot on Friday evening will be having a crack at that Sandown play spot. Do check that out, of course, on the race hour. Uh, my thanks go to Don, Paddy, and Emma Nolan. You've been listening to the race hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews.